0: Welcome to Lipper Report Live. On today's broadcast, we're going to be a little controversial here. Instacart has hired Lizzo, the good, the Bad, New rules for school lunch, a new food competition. Generation Z says, "No kids for me. Twitch becomes a food powerhouse on the bull'seye it is all about the Grateful Dead. Now let's get started but first I want to make an announcement on supermarketguru.com uh starting today uh, courtesy of our partnership with Sizen um you can get the latest feed on all the food news throughout the nation it it just streams there's already thousands of stories on there uh, two, to give you an example of what's on there today that I didn't know about, Planet Smoothie is now offering three new creamy avocado smoothies as part of their menu. I'm not sure there's Avo Loco, Pina Paradise, and Nutty Avocado. Not sure that that's something I'm going to try. Um, also, Dunkin' Donuts. Our friends at Dunkin' Donuts have a new Harpoon Dunkin' Pumpkin Spiced Latte Ale. I know that. That's That's coming out. And I forgot to uh, mute my phone. You know that we're live here. Uh, so, let's, Sally, let, let's get started. Um, Instacart has tapped Lizzo for their new brand campaign. Um, it's, it's really interesting. It's getting some very mixed reviews, uh, both in the trade press and I think from Lizzo herself. Um, the whole idea here is they want to attract Generation Z which is great. The campaign is called The World is Your Cart. Um, They launched it during the VMAs. They sponsored an ad during the VMAs. They sponsored um, uh, Lizzo, obviously, um, on it. And um, the film starts off by showing her in a bathtub listening to a remix it progresses with her surroundings turning into a fantastical scene covered with cherry blossom trees as she adds items to her digital cart um i know that you're a fan of lizzo uh before we get into the food aspect tell us a little bit about what you know about lizzo (laughs)
1: well i starting off with the video, I think the video is really cute and very well done. You know, she orders cherries, it rains cherries down on her, she orders flowers, and then flowers bloom all around her. And it's very creative and, um, and very compelling. Um, I I do feel like this is a great way to go after that Gen Z audience, if that's what they're trying to do. Um, And she is also very appealing to the Gen Z audience, because she has been and um, even though she says she doesn't want to be a role model for body positivity, um, she has been that for a lot of young people, um, sort of sending out the message that, you know, that that we can be healthy and not be super skinny. Um, so, so I, I really like this campaign and I, I like that they've they've got Lizzo involved. Now, I I I do have some questions about what's in Lizzo's cart.
0: Let's talk about Generation Z. Their top spending priority is food, taking 23% of their wallet. um, That comes from Piper Sandler. And food is the greatest share of spending among the upper income males, teen age 13 to 19. Uh, 54% of teens prefer Healthy snacks, that's what we're going to talk about when we get to Lizzo's cart. 49% consume or were willing to try plant-based meat. And in her cart, here's a little tease, there is the Impossible Burger. Um, They've shown, Generation Z has shown a preference for healthy eating, more organic, more natural foods that are free of additives. They pay more attention to the ingredient list. Um, However, here's the downside to them. Only 3% list fruits, vegetables, or nuts as a favorite snack item, uh, which is sort of surprising to me. Uh, for this generation, the top six snack brands for teens, Lay's, Doritos, Cheetos, all from Frito-Lay, Pepsi, Campbell Soup's Goldfish, I didn't even know Goldfish was still a thing, Kellogg's Cheez-Its and mondelēz's Oreos, um, and... They the Piper Sandler survey that I'm referencing found that the average teen spends about 12 hours a week on social media. So to your point, this is really smart of Instacart to to try to get involved with this, uh, because to make Instacart hip for millennials or you know, Generation Z um, could be a challenge. Um, there's also in today's supermarket news an interview with Cecilia, no, sorry, uh, Celia Van Wickel, the Senior Director of Digital Commerce uh, at Kantar, um, who talks about this campaign. Um, she points out that Instacart has 22,500 followers on TikTok. Lizzo has 25.2 million followers Followers on TikTok. So clearly, um, you know, there's some opportunity here. Um, She also talks about the fact that this expands the categories on Amazon for this generation. Lizzo orders Takis and, as you pointed out, uh, flowers and a phone charger. So it's really talking about all that. But also what she points out, which is really important to me, is that on Lizzo's TikTok and on her Instagram, there's no reference to Instacart or to this campaign. So for me, that says that, you know, Lizzo has a toe in, you know, maybe it's a good money thing, maybe it's, but she's really not into it. If in fact, she's not promoting it. If you think about when Oprah, you know, bought into Weight Watchers, everything that Oprah was doing was all about Weight Watchers. It was, it was really a 50-50 proposition uh, versus Lizzo, just like a toe in the water. Let's talk about her shopping cart. Uh, I guess my first question is, how much did these brands have to pay to be on this page? <laughs> that that's that's the cynicism in because here's what's there ben and jerry's ice cream the takis smucker's uncrustables peanut butter uh those those horrible sandwiches cherries as per her order flowers oreo chocolate sandwich cookies skittles the impossible foods lemons limes bananas purified water perrier coca-cola what do you think about her shopping cart
1: well i i'm disappointed that it doesn't have more uh, fresh fruits and vegetables in it in fact i i'm not sure there is a vegetable one vegetable on it and and that would be good to see um it does feel like junk food uh i you know Lizzo uh, works out all the time. She she does all this hard dancing and singing on stage, and she's she she posts that all on her TikTok account. If you've looked at it, and um and she seems like a very strong, healthy woman. She eats a vegan diet. That's why we see the impossible beef on there. Um, but I don't know if this is really sending a good message to Gen Z about um you know choices of healthy food that they have.
0: I agree. I mean, they could do so much more. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with using Lizzo to get to this audience. I agree that she has this very strict workout, you know, regime. I couldn't handle it. Um, she's vegan. Uh, bos- body positivity. You know, I'm strong. You know, when I watched her on Saturday Night Live, I don't know, a year ago or whatever else, I said, oh, my God, you know, this girl can move. There's no question about it. She's got to be working out to to do this. So you take all that and then you have, you know, her page on Instacart. And for me, it's just a disconnect, just as, as you said. Um, so kudos for reaching out. Um, and Instacart, you get an F for both execution on Lizzo's side of things. And I don't know if that means more money or what it means, uh, but certainly on her page, um, that you want people to go to and buy things, you know, up the ante, do, do things that are, you know, a little bit better. Okay. Enough on Lizzo. Uh, but hopefully Instacart is listening and hopefully they're going to make some changes and, um, Hey, Liza, we invite you to come here on Lemp Report Live. Tell, tell us what we're getting wrong here. You know, <laughs> anytime, anytime you want. OK, uh, there's a new California bill that limits foreign-grown food in public school meals. Sally, what's that about?
1: Well, this bill that is advancing in the state legislature uh, really wants these California public schools to buy American. So the deal for the Buy American Food Act uh, is that, you know, that they have to buy American unless the price of it is more than 25 percent lower than its domestic counterpart. Um, So there are there are mixed opinions about this. Um, some people feel that this is going to um, give American, um, American products an opportunity to price gouge. Um, and some people feel like it's not really fair.
0: Yeah. And also, when we look at the whole school system, uh, most of the school programs are done on bids. Um, and very often it's sealed bids. So you don't know, you know what somebody else is, is offering. But the problem that we've seen in schools, it, this is way pre-pandemic, is they don't have the infrastructure. Um, the purchasing infrastructure to really buy foods properly. You know, when we worked with Michelle Obama and Sam Cass on, you know, the school lunch program, um, what we found as we visited, uh, you know, schools around the nation is there were no kitchens. There were people that were just, you know, defrosting food and so on. I think the whole school infrastructure system needs to be fixed. I applaud what California is trying to do. I agree with you. I think that when you have this 25% um, difference, that either it forces certain brands to up their price, or it looks at imports, especially from China, who lowers their price so much um, that we have to, you know, buy their food. And I'm not sure that it makes, you know, a lot of sense. Um, there's a new program coming on TV. It is not a series. It is a one-off. It will just be on Good Morning, Washington, and it's called Stall Wars. Is this something you're going to watch, Sally, and what is it?
1: I would love to see this competition, and I think it's a really creative and great idea. It's a great deal for the contestants if they win. So there's this big new food hall, The Heights, um, at Wisconsin Place in Bethesda, Maryland. And they've already curated a, a really nice variety of food and um, cocktails and different ways to en- enjoy this food hall. But they're leaving one open for this competition. Um, they're asking people to Send in videos um, this month um, telling about telling them their story and about their brand. And then they're going to have a panelist of of judges that will um, kind of in the same way Shark Tank does um, judge them and choose a winner. Now, what's really cool is that they will for the winner, they will wave. The build-out cost, and hand a one-year lease to the winner in a prize valued at fifty thousand dollars, and their rent for the year will be a percentage of their sales. So I think this is a great ideal f- idea for a new company.
0: I think I think it's brilliant. Um, I think you know, also tying it in with Good Morning Washington um, brings obviously a lot of great PR uh, to the food hall. You know, uh, for nothing. Um so that's great and and I love when we see these people really reaching out to new emerging food brands or food restaurants and trying to give them a helping hand uh so that they can learn. So I I think that this is a model that I would love to see every food hall doing um throughout the country and and why limit it to food halls? Why not supermarkets? You know, so many supermarkets have put in grocerants and you know if you look at the new Kroger that went up Not new anymore, probably about a year, you know, year and a half, two years ago, with their stands on their second floor. You know, why shouldn't Kroger or why shouldn't Hy-Vee or any of these retailers, you know, have this same kind of competition uh, for, you know, emerging brands, give them the space free, um, maybe take a percentage of of sales for rent, maybe not. uh, But also it gets you on TV with a lot of positive PR and lots of great PR within the community. I think it's a really smart, really cool idea um neither you nor i are generation z um we know that uh but you know there there's a new um there's a new report that comes out that talks about the fact that generation z does not want to have kids here's why climate crisis um they they're naming that as the number one they're obviously talking about the economy so you know there there's a book that jordan davidson wrote Um, it hasn't published yet. It's coming out in December. It's called, so when are you having kids? He interviewed more than 300 people for this book. And it's all about, you know, the fears that generation Z have for having kids. Um, there's this one quote that Emily Shapiro comes from New York city. She's 23 years old. She's a copywriter for an ad agency. She lives at home, saves money, never wants kids. Here's her quote. They're sticky. I could never imagine picking up a kid that's covered in ice cream. I'm a bit of a germaphobe. I don't want to change a diaper. If I did have one, meaning a kid, I wouldn't want them until they're in like sixth grade. I also think that the physical earth isn't doing so great, so it would be unfair. Hey, Emily, I don't want you to have a kid. (laughs) Your your <laughs> kid would not come out normal here. What do you think, Sally?
1: Well, you know, there are a couple of things I think about this. You know, the, the U.S. birth rate has fallen 4 percent, fell 4 percent in 2020. And that is the largest single single year de- decrease in nearly 50 years, according to a government report. Um, we've also seen that um, for a few years now that. Um, older women um, are having babies more and younger women are having babies less. So so there's a few things here that I think can be addressed. Um, One, first and foremost, we we have to, for a variety of reasons, aggressively uh, address climate change in this country. And um, we can see it's affecting so many things for people. Um, I also I also think that addressing, you know, women in the workforce and how they can continue to maintain their careers, um, uh, I have read something in here about women feeling like they, they lose their identities when they become mothers, and, and that does happen very often. So I think as a as a workforce, we have to support women in having careers and being mothers at the same time. And then I also think another thing that's really important is that we need to continue to educate people how to eat healthy on a budget. Because if their big concern is, I don't know if I can afford to feed these kids, we have to teach them how to do that
0: yeah i think so and i and i also think that there's probably nothing more precious than human life and extending you know um life on the planet and if in fact we have a generation um and we're just talking about this one generation here who's saying you know i don't want to have kids for for whatever reason we're going to have some severe problems, um, whether it's you know new people who are funding Social Security for for our older Americans, or or just you know our whole economy can really fall apart if we don't have you know another generation coming up. So I think that you know when this book comes out, I think there'll be a lot of controversy just based on, based on these couple quotes. Um, that that are in this book. I'm hoping that there's some, you know, some of the generation that says, "Yeah, I want to have kids, but here's what I'm going to do to make sure that you know I raise them properly. Here's what I'm going to do. To your point, that I'm going to feed them properly. I'm going to teach them about the environment. I'm going to, you know, educate them properly. All of those things. I think it's easy to say I don't want to have kids. Um, it's a lot harder to have kids in this kind of current environment and teach them to. To learn how to become, you know, really good adults and parents themselves. Um, Twitch has a new um, report that is that has come out, a new study from researchers at Penn State and Dartmouth that found that advertisements on Twitch can lead to cravings and purchasing of nutrient-poor foods like candy and energy drinks among adolescents and young adults. When we look at who is on Twitch? 65% of Twitch users are male, 35% are female. Thank you, Sally, for finding that out. Uh, 41% are 16 to 24 year olds. 25 to 34 year olds comprise 32%. Makes me think that Instacart and Lizzo better get on Twitch soon. Um, what do you think about, you know, Twitch's impact on on this generation? <laughs>
1: I have some strong opinions about this, Phil, and, and I'll tell you the main reason is, is that I have an almost 12-year-old uh, boy who's who does uh, spend time on Twitch. He's very into gaming. And I have to tell you this morning when I was driving him to school, we pick up another 12-year-old boy in our neighborhood to drive to school, and he got in the car. They're both gamers. They spend time on Twitch. And the boy pulled out of his backpack two energy drinks um, that were uh, from this company called, um, shadow anime and they had anime characters and graphics all of, all over them. And, um, I immediately had an issue with this because I don't want my 12 year old to drink energy drinks. And this is clearly marketing to, um, kids that, that shouldn't be drinking those energy drinks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, and and knowing Eli, you know, he's he's a kid with his head on his shoulders. He's smart. You know, he he cares about what he eats and stuff. But still, when you have your friend in a car, saying, here, take an energy drink goes even beyond Twitch. Um, so I don't envy you driving these kids to, <laughs> to school. It's it's tough. Um, so. Uh, before we get to the bullseye, uh, just another special announcement that the CMA and SEMA hosted a webinar with Hivery. Uh, We've had Hivory on our webcast, um, lost in the supermarket before, very smart company, very good company. In this webinar, Hivery discussed how they optimize the days of supply strategy to reduce out-of-stocks and regional items. Among other things, selling patterns were discussed, as well as national brands and private label distinctions. This is a webinar that you don't want to miss. Uh, Members of CMA can access the full replay of the webinar in the resource library. Non-members, please visit catman.global, that's C-A-T-M-A-N.global, to contact the association about membership. And let's see what Ivory had to say. We're optimizing days, days of supply and we're doing that based on our unique need and creating a locally relevant assortment so so how is this one locally relevant specific to this layout several items that may be considered regional have been included now this was done not because we have a map overlay that says you know in this area these
1: items will will likely do really well but It's as a result of
0: the model saying, based on these selling patterns, these items will will do well in this store. On today's Bullseye, Stephanie Gantz shares in Bon Appetit her mission to buy a package of Grateful Dead lettuce. It's a real thing. It's grown and packed by Gotham Greens, one of the most exciting new produce companies in our industry, which is a lettuce mix of Butterhead green and red leaf lettuce, and obviously features the famous Grateful Dead dancing bear and a custom Grateful Dead QR code that links you to a 20-song playlist on Spotify. Now, this is a great reason to buy the brand for boomers to millennials. Gotham also pledges to plant a tree with Forest Nation for every package that's sold. The interesting thing about The Dead is that in a 2015 poll, it found that The Dead was loved across all demographics, regardless of age or political affiliation. In fact, in 2020, the next iteration, Dead & Company, started touring with John Mayer. In the past five years alone, The Dead grossed $250 million in concert tours. And that's without Jerry Garcia, who died back in 1995. I spent a lot of my college years in overalls. Yep, that was a thing then. And had my then-girlfriend sew a grateful dead patch right in the center of my chest. Was I a deadhead? No, very few of us actually were. But there is something about this every touring brand, brand band that reached out to the boomer generation and gave us hope, love, insight, and a lot of great music. When I first moved to California from New York City, I lived in the same town as Garcia. We would see him walking through the town and even witnessed his wedding party on Valentine's Day in 1994, heading to Tiburon Tommy's after the wedding. Tiburon Tommy's doesn't exist anymore. Now it's a very fancy hotel. It was a dump. It was great. It was right on the water and, you know, it smelled from the water and it smelled from beer. There's a lot of criticism on social media that the dead is selling out by putting the dancing bear on lettuce. Grateful Dead Productions, the merchandising arm of the organization, brings in around 70 million bucks a year. And before you go there, remember that the dead in late 1960s had a commune in San Francisco for the band, for their staff, for their roadies, for everyone. And they all were paid equally. And as they became more successful, they were one of the first, if not the first band, to offer profit sharing and health coverage to all. Back to the lettuce. Is this a good idea or just a sham? I think it's a great idea. For many years, we've seen produce companies try to merchandise to be hip and to get more shoppers to consume more produce, which is a great thing. They've tried characters like Donald Duck, Mickey Mouse, SpongeBob, and the Tasmanian Devil. Foxy even hired Brooke Shields to be their brand role model and icon. Even Lisa Lillian, our friend and one of the most successful food influencers with over a million followers of all time as Hungry Girl, appeared on Fresh Produce. But none of them have done the job. Seemed like it was just for the money, and little emotion was involved. Sure, maybe it's just a gimmick to get attention. But somewhere, I think this one is different, and Grateful Dead Greens just may be a hit. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to go to supermarketguru.com, look at our archives, look at our articles that we post every day, and don't forget to look at our new Food News Today feed. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you here back next week.